right, uh, I'm Tim. Uh, welcome back to the Good Works Podcast number three. Uh, so we just wrapped up a three day, two and a half day. Yeah, it's it? yeah, it's considered a three day, really. Three day. Yeah. Just yeah. wrapped up a three day modern survival course with mm-hmm. Jake Trent at Buckeye Bushcraft. Uh, we're down here and down here to me in uh, Chesapeake, Ohio. Um, so wanted to take advantage of the time um, and being down here and talk with Jake a little bit, learn about Buckeye Bushcraft, learn what Jake's doing. Um, so, and I thought you know you guys would be interested in knowing about Jake and, and his his business and his expertise and the the valuable skills that he teaches um, and he brings in other instructors that he's worked with. So, um, tell me a little bit. No, well, so your name is Jake Trent. Yep, obviously. Yeah, yep. okay. Um, so tell me, Jake, about like the, your history in bushcraft. Like how, like you're, you're a young guy. Yep, yep. 21. Yep, so you're, you're a young dude and you know, you were, you know, we're sitting in your schoolhouse right now. Yep. Um, yep. On, on your school property. Yep. Um, so tell me what, like, what was the, the foundation of Jake's bushcraft journey? So really it started, my dad, when I was really young, was taking classes and he decided to start taking classes and just go out in the woods because he really got pretty heavy into this stuff. I was probably eight or nine years old or so. And he took me out there with him while he was doing his training, my younger brother and I, and even my older brother, and taught us everything that he was learning. And so we did the process with him. He kind of got out of it over the years and I never got out of it. So I've been practicing wilderness skills since I was eight or nine years old up until now. I never planned on making a career out of it. It was always one of those things where it was like, almost like people like hunting, right? It's like my, almost like my hobby. So um, then I decided probably, I think it was four or five years ago that I wanted to teach. And so I started teaching and I obviously had the um, years of experience behind that to back it up, especially now. Um, but yeah, that's how I really got started was my dad got me started in it for sure. So, so what, what is your experience in it? Like what was, you know, obviously, you know, your dad took you to this, to yeah. this these courses. What, what is your experience and then what kept you coming back to these courses? So it's, it wasn't so much courses. He was doing a lot of e, e-courses, like internet style oh, okay. courses yeah. where you would go out, complete tasks or deliverables and then send them in and they would grade them and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is right, this is right, this is not right. But it was more, um, I always grew up hunting, always grew up doing, you know, wilderness skills and stuff like that. I've always really enjoyed being in the woods and it's kind of like my um, area of peace, I guess you can say. So if I want to get away from the outside world for a little while, head to the woods for a few days, not a big deal. Um, but I always did that since I was young. Um, grew up hunting, fishing, trapping, um, doing wilderness skills. And the thing about it too, that I've come to realize as I get older that I enjoy teaching a lot more. Mm. Um, I enjoy seeing people progress when they show up. You know, they have next to nothing skills, but when they leave, they can start a fire with pretty much anything, mm. right? I like seeing that progress and people push past boundaries that they may not have been able to push past mm. before. And that's what I really enjoy with it. But as far as the experience behind it goes, um, yeah, I just grew up doing this stuff. I've been doing it for close to 15 years now, I think. So somewhere right around in there, mm-hmm. but I just love it. So w- when you say wilderness skills, like mm-hmm. what, what do you mean by wilderness so, skills? In my mind, wilderness skills encompasses basically everything that includes 
any skill type in the wilderness, right? Okay. So whether it's bushcraft, um, survival type skills, primitive skills, wilderness skills is kind of the broad term that encompasses all that. So give me some examples of those skills. So like, you know, bushcraft is gonna be more related to, you know, taking minimal stuff out into the woods and making everything that you need from the landscape. Primitive skills also focuses on that, but that's more of a focus on what more the native peoples did mm. before we were here. Mm. Um, so you might be using stone tools, friction fire, all that stuff. Bushcraft in essence is being able to I'll pretty much make anything you need with tools that you brought in. So you bring specific tools in and then you make what you need, whether it's shelter, spoons, um, bowls, you know, camp carving stuff, all that. Um, fire, friction by fire, uh, the fire by friction, mm -hmm. sorry. Um, so those two, that's the thing is it's under an umbrella, but they all intertwine. Sure. So that's just how it is. Um, survival skills is more, you know, for a 72-hour scenario type deal like we did this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so it's what to do if you get lost and there's no set. There is a list of things that we, you know, obviously we went over that you need to be able to complete. But depending on the situation you're in, that list changes. And that's the whole focus on that is being prepared and getting the skills that you need to sure. survive a 72-hour scenario. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, that's, that's a lot of information and I'm tired. I'm trying to, like, I had a, yeah. I had a thought and it, then it, like, it evaporated. It is, man. Um, it is a lot of information. That's, and that's the thing, too, is, is a lot of people don't realize. They think, oh, there's only bushcraft or there's only survival. There's only wilderness skills. Are you talking about, you know, bushcraft, survival? What are you talking about? Wilderness skills encompasses it all. Yeah. So I really like that name. Obviously, my company name is Buckeye Bushcraft. This be because mainly because it sounded, you know, yeah, really pretty, yeah pretty cool, yeah, 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 yeah pretty yeah. cool. And bushcraft and survival are overhyped words, right? They're sure. it's on every single product, it's yeah. on every single company, you know. So, to be honest with you, I don't like the name bushcraft at all. It was always an, the American term of bushcraft was woodcraft. Mm. So it's the same exact thing, but that's the American term for it. Yeah. So um, with with your experiences of like working up to becoming a teacher like what have you done like what 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 skills have you acquired um what what makes you a legitimate valuable yeah. um like what what makes you a good teacher and like what have you experienced and what have you done um that mm -hmm. you know i don't want yeah. to say separates you from other but yeah from other people but like what makes you yeah. like you know what makes it so that like people go you know hey i want to go take a course yeah no so Obviously grew up doing this stuff. We already talked about that. Um, I went through an instructor program at a certain school, did that, completed that, was an instructor there for a little while, ended up leaving to start my own thing. Um, I've trained hundreds of students from all over the world. Um, I, it's important as an instructor, and there's a lot of people in this industry that, and you've heard me say this this weekend, there's a lot of people in this industry that call themselves instructors that should not actually be teaching mm. because they don't have the skills or they don't have the experience mm. behind what they're teaching. It's one thing to read something from a book and then write it on a board and talk about it. It's another thing to actually go do that, whatever you just read, until you can't do it wrong mm. and then go teach it. Right. That's, what, that's where the experience comes from. So, um, so really, what, what are some of your experiences then? So, so give me something like some of the stuff that like profound stuff that like sticks out. So I like, okay, friction fire, for example. 
I got my first friction fire years ago, bow drill. It took me 68 or 69 attempts before I got my first ember. But once I got my first ember with it, it clicked. And ever since then, and friction fire is kind of iffy because you can never get it 100% of the time, mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I don't care how skilled you are, there's always that chance that you're not gonna get it, whether the weather's too crappy or what have you. And for people who aren't experienced in this stuff, the chances of them getting a friction fire is about 30 to 40%. But after I got that, it's like, okay, now I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds mm -hmm. like. I know what it smells like mm -hmm. whenever it's a right set. And then just kept going and working, working and working and working on it. Now it's, you know, to the point to where I don't even have to practice it that much because I pretty much have it down for the most part, for Eastern Woodlands at least. Mm -hmm. um, but it's important as an instructor too, I feel like, and I'm doing this some next year because I'm more trained in the Eastern Woodlands because mm -hmm. it's where I grew up, it's where I lived, it's where I did all my training. Um, but I'm headed out to the desert next, let's see, it would be in January. So it's going to, what, two months from now? Mm -hmm. So January, I'll be taking a 15-day one-on-one primitive skills course with Donnie Dust. That's amazing. So with just primitive tools. So it's completely out of my element, but I'll have that uh, experience of the class. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I learn, I'm able to come back here, practice those skills. And once I not perfect them, but strive for perfection, uh, but once I get really good at those and... I understand it completely, then I'm able to teach it. I'll never come back from a course that I took and then teach someone that I something I just learned, sure. like I've you know, been doing it for years. That's not how it works. You have to get the experience mm. to back it. But it's important as an instructor and a wilderness skills teacher is not only, you, know, you don't wanna just get stuck on one thing or just one mind or one way, have an open mind, go train with other instructors because that's how you build community and also experience. So I've obviously there's no desert around here. So I'm headed out to get desert training, right? Awesome. So, yeah. So and you, you speak about like, you know, going and um, experiencing other instructors and going to their courses. Um, this weekend you brought in two other instructors as yep. well. Yep, so you got Tony Powers from Dirtbound Survival and then Paul Hack from Adaptable Survival, two really good friends of mine. Uh, we taught together about a year ago and before that, but it's been about a year since we've taught together. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to bring them in for the first class here and have them here just to kind of, you know, kind of like a reunion, I guess you could sure. say, like the boys are back together mm -hmm. and uh, help out with the class. Um, so I brought them in. They're really good at what they do. Um, you know, Tony is a little bit more of a primitive skills guy. Paul is more of a modern survival skills guy. So it's the perfect mix. Mm -hmm together it's so it's complete opposites almost but they mix really well when it comes to teaching sure so, yeah so this this weekend was your first yep your first buckeye bushcraft course yep the first course here um i think i only posted this class two months ago there were eight signed up um, one guy could not make it because he had car trouble so mm -hmm. but so we had seven total um that were in the class everyone did really good I've got a class in January um, that is actually overfilled now. Um, I think I capped it at 10 and I have 12 signed up for mm. it, specifically because I have to bring in certain materials for that sure. class. But um, and then posting my 2024 schedule end of next week. And then once that's posted, I have a feeling that they're gonna fill pretty quick. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So how do you think that 
you know, being that this was your first course, like, so was this mm -hmm. your first course under Buckeye Bushcraft? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's not yeah. just this location. It's, it's your first course as, as this business entity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you feel that the course went? I feel it went pretty good. Um, Paul and Tony both are excellent instructors. Of course, with every course you teach, there's always little tweaks and stuff you can make to make the next one better. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of already got in my mind what I have planned on for the next one. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, I've been teaching now for quite a few years, a few years. So, you know, to me and the Paul and the Tony teaching a, like a basic survival course is pretty simple for us mm -hmm. um, as far as what we need to teach. But what's important is that the students understand what we're teaching and right. take away from it. So I feel like it went pretty good. Everybody did good. Everybody stayed warm, right? <laughs> mostly. It, it, yeah, mostly. Yeah, mostly. You're going to get cold eventually. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But um, so I feel like it went really well, though, for being the first class here, new location. Mm -hmm. Not everything in here is completely finished yet. So the solar power is not in yet. So we had to use a generator. So yeah, I, f I feel like it went pretty good. Good. So. And so can you like, I mean, I know what it's about being that I, mm -hmm. that I just took the course, yep. um, but can you explain like what the modern survival course is and kind of like just like a general. Yeah. Kind of so overview? it is like, it is what it is, is it's the basic, we teach the basic skills that you need in order to survive a 72 hour scenario. Um, so it's like an introduction almost it's, because this, this industry and this world of wilderness skills is so freaking huge. I mean, you can go your entire life doing this stuff and you'll always learn something new every mm -hmm. single day. Um, that's just how it is. But it's the base set of skills that you need to survive 72 hour scenario. So fire, shelter, water um, is really the main focus or main focus for this class. Um, we don't talk too much on food because on a three-day scenario, it's not a huge deal. We just tell people to carry some snacks with them. Um, but fire, shelter, water, food, um, navigation is a mm -hmm. big one. Yep. And then uh, signaling for rescue, medical aid. So seven priorities. But we also talk a little bit about uh, communication and protection as well, because it's important, especially in today's world. Everyone mm -hmm. carries a cell phone. 95% of people probably carry some sort of firearm with them. So, um, but we talk a little bit about that and then we basically go through when we start giving each, we start teaching the students what they're gonna do. Mm -hmm. After we teach it, we have them do it and do it and do it and do yep. it and do it. Repetition is a huge thing. Sure. It, you don't, you can't get something down by doing it once. Right. So repetition is really big. So what other what other kinds of courses do you do you have or are you going to be offering? Yeah, so the one in January is going to be a uh, wilderness living skills course is what I called it, um, but it is a more primitive style course. So you're going to learn how to replace with what the gear, what's on the gear list with natural materials. So you're going to be sleeping in natural shelters. You're going to be making things like burn bowls and doing things like stone boiling to disinfect your water. Um, primitive traps, uh, let's see, primitive fire, so primitive cordage. It's a mainly a primitive style class mm -hmm. is what it is. I also have a bushcraft basics class that I'm going to be releasing in the spring. That's going to be like an introduction to bushcraft. Um, so that's going to be a fairly laid back class. So you're going to be doing a lot more stuff off the landscape versus something like a modern survival class where you're more relying on what you have in your kit mm -hmm. 
and what the skills you need for to put all the pieces together in your kit to make whatever you need to make. The basic bushcraft class is going to go beyond that and actually talk about what you can make from the landscape more. Gotcha. Um, also planning on a primitive trapping class. So I love primitive trapping. It's one of my niches, I guess you can say. Tony's the same way um, that was here this weekend. So it's one of the things he really likes to teach. Um, also thinking about doing some type of um, wild edibles class, maybe like a medicinal plants class. Mm -hmm. So mix those two in like a two day class. Um, and then I'm also planning on doing a class specifically for fire making. So show up at the beginning of the class, you start with the basics of fire making and by the end of it, you're doing bow drill. So in primitive fire, and that'll probably be a two or three day class believe it or not. So lots of fire is going to be made during that class, obviously. So. Well, I mean, it's an exceedingly important skill to have. And I think yep. that people lose the, I don't think people have the reverence for fire that they used to have. Yep. And I think that, you know, yeah, like Bic lighters are awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but yep. being able to, you know, carrying a flame, my, my, my buddy Corey Murphy says, you mm -hmm. know, we owe it to our ancestors to carry flame with us. Yep. You know, they went through yep. all the work to get fire and like yep. now we, you know, so we owe it to them to have that. Yep. Um, but I think a lot of people miss that, yeah. um, that care and energy mm -hmm. and skill and know-how really yep. need to go into building exactly. fire. You give a Native American a big lighter, they would have, they would have kept it. Same thing with Daniel yeah. Boone. They wouldn't have went back to doing like fresh fire yeah. or, or flint and steel. Yeah, so, any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, fire has always been a huge thing with me too. I love it. I love, I like to make fires in every single way possible. We all have our, anybody you meet in this industry will all have their little niche mm -hmm. of what they like to do. Everyone loves fire, mm -hmm. um, especially whenever you have a nine-year-old kid who's using a ferro rod and yeah. some tinder and he gets a fire for the first yeah. time. It's the face and that's what I absolutely love is yeah. to see people who are really enjoying themselves and learning as they're doing it. Um, but yeah, so the fire class is gonna be a good one. You know, we always tell people prepare modern, but also practice primitive. So carry the modern tools that you need, mm. like a Bic lighter, keep one in your pocket or a ferro rod, what have you but it's always good to practice the primitive skills. Mm. Not that you'll ever need them, just in case you lose some of that stuff, but it gives you a deeper appreciation of the skill as a whole. Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> you obviously have, I mean, we, we all, any, I think really that anyone that is in like the outdoor space, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to like bushcrafting, survivalism, mm -hmm. that type of stuff, like they have like, a, like a, there's, an, there's somewhere, yep. there's like this an affinity for fire. Yeah, um, always. Now, is that, you, know, you mentioned that you like primitive trapping. Mm -hmm. So like, would you say that those two are like your favorite aspects? Yeah, I would say, I would say primitive fire and primitive trapping are probably one of my two favorite things to teach, or my two favorite things to teach mm -hmm. are those two things. Um, just because I'm super proficient in them and I just, it's just a niche I have. If I'm, you know, bored and I just start messing with something, usually it's a primitive trap of some sort mm -hmm. or it's a new way to start fire or something like that. Something I've never, I, I don't like, it's good to practice the skills that you already have, but what's important is that you expand and do things that you have never done before. Sure. And a lot of people have a hard time being able to swallow their ego and you know, someone like me say, you know, I'm trying to start a fire with whatever. 
um, and I don't get it for some reason. For some people, that's really hard for them to swallow. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to look at it as, you know, if you're teaching people, you have to know these things. So, sure. and you only learn from failure. Yeah. So that's the only way to learn. So I, I think I, like on your Instagram, um, the other day I saw, I saw some steel wool and did mm -hmm. I see a, a Fresnel lens that you started? What did you Yeah. Started? So yeah, I think I used, no, it was, uh, actually, it was a flint, flint steel. steel. Yeah. Flint and steel. Yep. You could use a Fresnel lens with it. So, but like a quadruple steel wool using the spinier knife with the rock and driving sparks into the steel wool and it gives you a molten ball of metal, right? Just another way of starting fire. Steel wool doesn't weigh anything. You can keep your tools clean mm -hmm. with it. You can also use batteries with it to start fire. Yeah. You can use the sun with it to start fire. The sparks from an empty Bic lighter. You can use uh, flint and steel. And flint and steel only produces about an 800 degree spark. So that's how little amount of heat mm. that it takes to actually get that thing to go up. So, so if somebody's looking to get into, like mm -hmm. if they're if they're curious about bushcrafting mm -hmm. or survivalism skills or, or anything, like what would you, what would be your recommendations? I mean, aside from mm -hmm. obviously coming to your school, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what would, what would be your recommendations for like the you know the, mm -hmm. for people to pursue to get like really good you know there's tons of resources. Yep. Um, but what would be some of those resources that you would recommend? Yeah. So I mean. Obviously YouTube, right? You, you can go watch a video on anything on YouTube. Any it's, specific, I mean, besides yours, <laughs> uh, any no, specific channels um, on YouTube that you, you, you can See, as an instructor, I'm able to watch a channel and tell if someone's actually done what they're talking about before right. or not. So it's different for me. But for someone who doesn't really know, what's, what's important is to find someone who is credentialed and actually knows what they're talking about. And there's a lot of people who are no-name people in this industry that don't do social media, they don't do YouTube, none of that stuff. They're some of the best instructors you'll ever have. Mm -hmm. um, but so how just, do you find them? You just have to start going to gatherings. There's all kinds of different gatherings across the country, whether it's a bushcraft gathering, like a primitive skills type gathering. Usually you can search up on the, on the you know, internet or Google just basically put in bushcraft gatherings in North okay. America. And okay. something will pop up. Um, but I know there's an event that I'm doing in March in uh, Eastern Kentucky, mm. and people like Creek Stewart's gonna be there, Sean Kelly from Corporal's Corner is gonna be there, um, Paul Hack is gonna be there, Tony mm. Powers, I'm gonna be there. So going to events like that, being able to take small doses of classes like that, mm with only paying for a vendor ticket, being able to figure out, okay, is this something I really want to get into or mm -hmm. go spend, you know, a lot of money on a class and buy the gear for the class. So I always tell people just kind of take a small, take a, take a small class and then just see if they like sure. it. If they like it, then move on. Sure. But if they, you know, if you can't afford a class or something like that, you can always just search up a YouTube video on something. Mm -hmm. And then if, whether it's a certain skill or whatever, then just keep practicing that it. skill. Yeah. yeah. Just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. So that's how you get good. Mm -hmm. and, th and that's another thing too, is um, the barrier for a lot of this is, you know, is, is a monetary barrier. Yeah. Like there, there's okay. definitely an investment that you need to make. I mean, it's like yeah. any other hobby. Yeah. Um, but you I mean, you know, if somebody's interested in fire, I mean, you can go get, grab a light, my fire ferro rod, like exactly. one of the, the fat army fire rods for, yeah. What are they, 15 bucks or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. like, you know, or you can get one of the Everlebens or whatever, yep. like, for around the same price. Yep. Um, so, like, there's, there's of course, a barrier. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that 
honestly that you know was one of the the main factors was mm -hmm. for me coming down was i mean aside from like having spoken to you before yeah um but and and your you know your your history of teaching and, mm -hmm. and the schools that you had been that you had mm -hmm. instructed at and whatever um the, the price point was super approachable yeah so uh, that was that was a huge thing with me is a lot of these schools and stuff charge a lot of money for classes and i mean you're talking seven eight hundred dollars for a two-day class yeah so and if you know you get 20 people in that class that's some pretty good money mm -hmm. but my whole goal with this is to offer training to people that is just as good mm. if not better by trying to be like uh, what's it called uh one-sided i guess you could say but that's just as good if not better at a lower price, a more mm -hmm. affordable price, mm -hmm. you know, 175 bucks for a three-day class. That's it's, that's a good price. That's an amazing one. Yeah, I mean, there's you're not going to find that price anywhere else. No. I'm sorry, you're just not. No. Um, but just be. I wanted to do that simply just because we all know the economy is not the best right, right now. A lot of people can't afford to go spend a lot of extra money on some of this mm -hmm. stuff and then go buy a huge gear list for the class. Yeah. Again, with this class, I wanted to keep it fairly cheap and common price that most people can afford, whether it's, you know, you have to go get an extra job or something, or, you know, a kid has his, you know, what he saved up mowing grass over the yeah. summer, something like that. He's able to spend it on training, which is, a lot, this is kind of like a, a lot of people have mixed opinions on it. You supposed you should have good equipment, right? The best quality you can afford. Mm -hmm. But if you just have equipment with no skills, What's the and equipment worth? Yeah, exactly. Right, so I always tell people, get the equipment and then get training right after you get the equipment. That way you have the correct equipment for the training. Right. Um, but I try to keep it fairly common price the, on the equipment list. Everything is pretty cheap. I don't, you know, specify anything in particular mm -hmm. um, just because for some, for, you know, a 72 hour scenario, it's not, you don't need the absolute best gear sure. on the market you don't need to go spend five hundred dollars on a backpack mm -hmm. you know for a three-day thing right if you're going to keep using it and using it and using it and using it that's different like sure i love go ruck bags they're expensive but they are some of the best packs you can buy period they just are <laughs> As much as I don't like GORUCK, I'm not, I, you, I can't argue that. Yeah, exactly, like I, exactly. I, um, that, the, the quality of that, of, of that is fantastic. Yep. Uh, my pack, um, I, yep. have a hidden, I have a hidden woodsman pack, um, which is handmade, mm -hmm. which is made in the US. Um, really quality, super yep. quality pack. Yep. Uh, I think the price point was like 225 or 275. Yep. So I mean, yep. it's, not, it's not a cheap pack by any yep. means. Uh, but like this weekend saw a couple of surplus packs yeah like, a lot of know. a lot of military surplus gear yeah. man i mean it works it worked obviously worked for servicemen and women yeah so why won't it work for this yeah absolutely and you can normally get it for really cheap now you know 10 years ago it was a lot cheaper than it is now because sure. we were you know in the midst of a war so they were you know getting more surplus in yeah. newer stuff they're getting rid of you know, moving out the older stuff so you mm -hmm. can get stuff really cheap yeah now you know you used to be able to get a military poncho for 10 15 bucks now you're paying Not upwards anymore. of 60 70 dollars yeah. for a military poncho yeah but yeah as far as i love different packs and bags i love gear just as much as anybody else mm -hmm. but i'm really particular on what i use as far as area goes you know here we have a lot of briars brambles yes. i've had yeah a, you do <laughs> i had a i had a company send me a pack one time and uh, they were like, yeah, test it out, let us know what you think. And I was walking through the woods with it and a nice big briar caught on it and ripped the whole back out of it. Oof. Yeah. So, Oof. 
you know, I always, and I, where I use this stuff and I do this for a living, my stuff has to last me. Sure. So I always spend more money on stuff. Yep. Um, and I, per, I really prefer American made as much as I can get. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like the bags you make, awesome quality. They're not going to tear up. They're American made, small business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big canvas guy. So I'm a big Duluth pack guy yeah. uh, just because they last. I've, I've yeah. got a Duluth pack sitting over there that's lasted me 12 years mm-hmm. and I've used it religiously. So, yeah. and it's beat up. It's got a couple places where I've repaired it, but patina. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's patina. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, canvas gets a nice patina. It, d- it does. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and canvas is also really nice to work with. Like the wax canvas is yeah. like, it's really cool. Like it's nice to fold. It's nice to stitch. Like I really yep. love. Yep. I, I like working with it. Like building stuff yep. with it. Um, it's a really nice material to, yep. to work with. And 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 two, it offers. Like I think a lot of people get so. People get so lost in the in the gear, but they're always like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I gotta have a Dyneema, or I need to have. Um, yeah. I need to have X Pack, or I need to have like this fabric, or Ultra Grid, or yeah. so like yo like. Yep. Cuban fiber, like, yeah, it's strong, but, yep. like, if you're going to go through fucking thickets, yep. Dyneema's not going to do shit you, for you. you. You walk through here with a Dyneema pack, it'll be tore up. Yeah. It, it'll be and, tore up yeah. in a day. And, you know, but then it's, like, we have this, like, traditional, mm-hmm. it's been modernized, but we have, like, this traditional fabric yep. that's, you know, it, it, it does have, like, you. it does have maintenance. Mm-hmm. You have to take care yep. of it. You have to re-wax it. That's you what have they to, need you know. here, though. I mean. Yeah, it, true. Yeah. But but it's like, you know, people love you know love to go with like the high tech stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah. But yeah, in, I love in the high the tech woods, stuff man, too. Yeah, I, and I do too. Yeah. And like you know, thousand D Cordura, man. Like it's yeah. it's tough to beat. Yeah. But we have this beautiful like this wax canvas that yeah. like if it's maintained exactly like man in in the woods mm-hmm. like that it's like. Yeah. It's unbeatable. And people, I mean, it, it's, it gets heavy. I mean, wax canvas, I, you can get a wax canvas pack that weighs 10 pounds plus, yeah. but it's going to last you forever. Right. Um, but yeah, I, usually in the summertime, I go more towards a lighter loadout as mm-hmm. far as uh, gear-wise goes. I'll go toward, more towards the uh, like the nylons and things like that mm-hmm. just because it gets so freaking hot and humid here. It's like yeah. a jungle. Yep. It's thick. Yep. Um, but in the wintertime, I always float more towards canvas Yeah. just because it's just seasonal i guess you could yeah, say um, yeah. i don't need i'd rather have a little bit heavier gear mm-hmm. but i'm going to be warmer mm-hmm. so especially if i'm teaching a class and i'm out for three or four days or whatever with the students yeah i want to be comfortable sure that way i'm that way i can ensure that i'm you know gassed up and ready to go to teach sure. all day the next day yep. um, because you know if your instructors wore out student safety is the number one priority period mm-hmm. and the because you got to think we are teaching people life-saving skills Mm -hmm. so if they get in a situation and you know heaven forbid they die or whatever but they only they trained with you you know situational dependent that almost falls on your shoulders so instructors have a duty and a responsibility to ensure the safety of their uh, students and to be sure what they're teaching is correct Mm -hmm. so you're constantly researching because things are always changing so you're constantly researching looking up new stuff um, just to be sure that the information you're giving is correct and not outdated. Well, and it's not and not not just that. I mean, it's not the yeah. it's not just the post training stuff. It's not just the you know the potentiality of real life scenarios. You yeah. know, 
we're walking around the woods yep. with you know three, four, six-inch blades yep. that are most most of them very sharp. Yep. Um, you know we're we're you know we did some land nav. Yep. Um, going through ravines and going through creek beds and yep. and you Rocket. know climbing up rock walls yeah and like it yeah. was you know there's like legitimate terrain and like yeah. you know so it's not just like the post and like when you know i was working um i think i just i think i just put my hand on a briar on this hand mm -hmm. but um i was working with just my little swiss army knife yeah and my saw i, I usually cut really close to my thumb because you yeah. get better control saw skipped over yeah and that's going to happen yeah. and, and, and it's, yeah. it's part of the territory yeah but it's you know having that you know, the, the instructor having the the students' safety yep. foremost in mind is is, yep. is obviously crucial. Exactly, exactly. You have to be able to read the students. What kind of mindset are they in? Um, is you know, if someone's so is someone getting too hot? Is someone showing signs of heat exhaustion? Is someone sure. showing signs of hypothermia? A lot of times they won't tell you because they, they don't, don't want to feel dumb. They don't want to be embarrassed. They yeah, they don't want to be a wimp. Yep, yeah. exactly. But student safety is number one priority sure. always. Period. So, what kind of what are your what does your demographic usually look like? So, usually, you know, it, it really varies. I've taught women. I've taught kids. Um, I've taught old men. You know, seventy plus. I've taught. I've I've taught everyone. Um, white, brown, black. I mean, there's no discrimination. Um, What's great about this community is it doesn't matter what color you are, what age you are, you know, any of that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is everyone wants to come together and just learn sure. and build that community. Mm -hmm. um, but I've taught, like I said, kids. I've taught handicapped people. Um, you know, I had a guy at a class one time and he only had one arm. So everything that we did that entire weekend, I had to teach him how to do with one arm, which is, I thought was awesome. And he just mm -hmm. absolutely killed the class. That's awesome. So doing um, like... One arm pharaoh striking. Yep, one arm, like one arm fires. Um, you know, setting up his his ridge line in his shelter with one arm. Um, you know, collecting water, navin with one arm, all that stuff. And he just absolutely killed it. And that's you know, I've only, I've you know I this weekend we learned the rapid ridge line. Yeah. Um, and like I've known about it. I meant to mm -hmm. set one up beforehand, but mm -hmm. I didn't, and I'm glad that I didn't because mm -hmm. I got to do it while I was here. Yeah. Um, and you know, thinking about that, like with the knots, and like I've, I've already forgotten all the names of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, thinking about having you know my hands to to mm -hmm. do that, like using both of my hands. Yep. I mean, like that would be quite an obstacle. And in all honesty, too, you got to think survival is a lazy man's game, right? So you don't have to have a set ridge line and a set set of knots sure. to use with that. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? You could put a bungee cord on each side of the tarp, wrap it around the tree, and it's gonna hold the, man, the, right. the dude up. So, right. um, or even, you know, there's a, an awesome shelter that I carry that is super lightweight. Um, it weighs like six ounces. And on each side, it already has the uh, strings tied into it, mm -hmm. the line mm -hmm. tied into it. And you just do it like a, shoelace knot mm -hmm. on each side one tree one tree and then it's got two stakeout points in the back you have a shelter up in a minute that's all awesome. so you know it's it, a lot of people get too um i guess you could say overcomplicated with a lot of this yep. stuff this stuff is very simple what matters is that you just practice and practice and practice yeah. so you get better at it and you can start a fire whenever it's really pouring a freaking rain yeah. you can nav through anything right um so that's what's really important. It's not so much, um, you know, 
the, how do I put this? Hmm. I had a brain fart there. My, my, my mind What, is what would you say that people overcomplicate the most? Man, that is a tough question. Um, I'd say as far as, I can't really say in set, but a lot of people overcomplicate navigation mm. and then shelter building. Those are the two things that, from my experience that I've seen that a lot of people overcomplicate. Fire making is pretty, pretty simple, right? But um, the, when it comes to shelters and navigation people, you know, like the other day, there was a guy who was starting on the land nav course and this first point, you know, we taught you guys leapfrogging, all that stuff. But his first point he was going to was across a field and the point was on a tree, but he was having his partner leapfrog to get there. You don't have to do that. If you could see line of sight, that object, you can walk straight to it. Right. Right. So a lot of people overcomplicate that, whether they're trying to box out an object, they don't need to box out just because they don't want to, you know, go through a little bit of briars or what have you. That's usually what it, usually it's navigation. Jake's saying a little bit of briars, but what he's meaning is he's meaning armpit deep thistles and thorns i'm used to, i'm used to it though man i'm so used to it that it's normal to me i mean i'm yeah, just for yeah, me yeah. I, i'm not going to mess around do it. i'm going to plow right Before through it, through it yeah. yeah exactly yeah we, uh, we had a we had a point yesterday was it yesterday yeah it was yesterday and uh the azimuth shot it, it shot like right to the to the schoolhouse or the cabin and we're just like searching for this tag we're looking and we're looking and like I had, we, we had gone through there the previous day. So like we all knew where we were, yep. but we didn't want to miss any tags. We wanted to make sure that we're hitting the points. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know if like he was going to have us like what, come up the ridge line or what, what, what he wanted from the course. Cause like you can kind of like figure out like, okay, mm -hmm. like you start shooting these points and you go, okay, like you kind of figure out a path. Yep. And we just shoot this and it was it was deep and it was through this creek bed and it wasn't just like a bed like there's like you know stone walls on one it's side like this, like it's, yeah. it's down in a draw yeah and it's it's like you know had it been had it been straight wet, down the hill had it been wet that would have been nasty yeah uh, but uh, we were shooting and we were like man like we we were leapfrogging there was three of us so we had the opportunity to kind of like take advantage of there being three people. Yep. Cause you know, one person would shoot and stay in place and then guide the other person like, okay, you're online. Yep. And then that person would shoot the next person. So we get yep. like these big leaps yep. and like, they're, you know, pretty, pretty close. And we're like, what the hell, man? So we're like, I'm standing in this creek bed with Roland <laughs> after having like, there's this big rock. It's like just an escarpment. Yep. And like, I'm trying to like get by it. And then I just like, my foot just goes right down into the mud. Yep. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. So I figured out like you could actually crawl over top of the rock, but he's standing like, we're looking and looking and looking. There's no tags, no tag, no tag. We're like, what is going on? Like, okay, this is kind of weird. Yep. But then I look over, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So one of the tags was cut from the tree and I could see the tag, you know, see the mount on the tree tag on the floor on the ground yeah and i'm like i thought i picked right. the tag up but i guess i did yeah so we're like okay well i'm like we got to go up because yep. like we were just looking right right at the ridge line the hill of the ridge mm -hmm. and like we're gonna pop up like our car's mm -hmm. gonna be right there so we ended up shooting up and that was that was it yep. but there was no return to cabin there was no like 
yeah. no well, directive. Th it, there was, you just didn't find it. Well, we <laughs> saw, no, we picked up the tab and looked at it. Well, that the tab was blank. Th that was, I put that tag there because the, the tag right before that, that shot straight to your very last tag. Yeah. That I put that tag in between is like a breaker tag. Yeah. But I was like, eh, don't really need it that much because I don't have a set. Like, I'm not going to say like all oh, the tags only, you know, they're going to be within 50 meters of each yeah. other. Nobody knows how far. So that last tag is like a two or 300 meter stretch. Yeah, it's um, up to the very last one that says uh, uphill BTC back to camp. So you didn't see that tag. Yep. Yeah, I think you guys missed it and someone else missed it. Another guy's got it. Yeah, we only, because we went up and then we were kind of like, because we at that point we're like, okay, like yeah. we know we're out. We're just going to go back. And the way the way that i saw my route up this was mm -hmm. the, there's a, there's a small little ridge and then a dip and then up yep. to the, the main ridge and that's how i went and then uh one of the other guys like went like yep. around and like up and like like so where the where the creek splits right there yep. if you just would have went straight up you would have ran right into him i did you probably just walked right by it then probably we, probably we had one right tag we had one tag yeah. where there was a um I don't know if it was hemlock or I don't know what kind of tree it was, mm -hmm. but there's a little a little cluster of trees and we shot for that because like okay like that's like a, a mark that yep. like that's distinguishable in the distance like that's on that's on on the you know mm -hmm. on the shot. We go down to it. Okay, cool. We're still shooting. We're shooting. We're like we're up on this hill. There's that the ridge that follows yep. that way. And I'm like, okay, like I know the cabin's this way. Like, are we heading back already? I'm like, we're no, like we're missing something. So I went all the way back, climbed this big ass steep hill, <laughs> and I left the other two. I left the other two up there. And there's a barbed wire fence and like a crossover. I'm like, okay, cool. Here's the original one. So I shoot it again. And I'm looking down, and I see that little clump of trees mm -hmm. right next to the tree tag. Yeah. It's like, and it was it, the, the tag was literally like seven feet. Yep. to the right of it. Didn't yeah, see and it. it could have been your, you know, you might not have your compass completely level. Yeah, could have been off a little bit because a lot of times those little degree readings on the compasses are hard to, they're hard for me to see. Mm -hmm. I have to really look at yeah. them, and they're in two degree increments. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have it exactly right, then yep. you might might throw you off a little bit. Yep. But uh, yeah, this is some really rough terrain in this area, and that's yeah. the reality of it. Is if you are in a situation and you do decide to self rescue versus stay put. If you do decide to self-rescue, then you're going to have a lot of terrain to go over. Mm -hmm. Rough terrain, rough walking. It's not going to be just a you know little hike through the woods yeah, no. and all that. You're going to be booking it. And I think that course that you're talking about is a mile and a half long. Yeah, believe it or not. that seems right. Yeah, about a mile and a half yep, long right. over rough terrain. And by the end of it, you know, some of these guys were just smoked by the yeah. end of it. And that's the reality of For it. For sure. You know? And, um, but you went a mile and a half and, you know, hour, hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes. It took like us that. two hours, man. Yeah, two hours sometimes. Yeah, we, we um, missed, I mean, we missed two points, I yeah. think. So we had to shoot and that's, backtrack. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're gonna, you gotta think too, you know, you're only shooting to little cattle tags, yeah. right? Just tiny little tests. So you have to be extremely accurate. Yeah. But what that does is that if you have to shoot to a building that you see, you know, three, four clicks out, cause you're up on a hilltop, that allows you to be able to shoot Unbear, straight to the building. Yeah. It's a bigger object. Yeah. But um, yeah, so nav is something that I really enjoy. Paul is a really good nav instructor. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's probably the, one of the best nav instructors I've ever seen. Um, as far as his, his, you have to be able to break 
things down to a, a you know almost like an eighth grade level that way everybody understands it i'll um, probably struggle with that still but you know maybe if you were sixth grade level <laughs> well it's just reps man He's yeah no i know, no, yep, no, no, yep. yeah, yeah. So. well so the, and the the second um the second course that we did was it was a much easier course much mm -hmm. shorter yep um but the second course that we did it was like we felt like we were just like hopping it was just like okay yep. tag 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 yep. like it was just like yep. through so like that was super um yeah we were <laughs> we were kind of looking at each other like do we get better at this or <laughs> is this shorter? Yep. Like, no, it's shorter. Yeah, um, it is a little bit. I think that one's only about a mile long. It, yeah, if, if, that. if that. And the, and the so. terrain, the terrain wasn't nearly as, as yeah. intense. Yeah, that course is thicker, but the terrain isn't nearly as tense as, now some of these other courses that I've already plotted out on GPS, mm. they're gonna be rough. They're rough, but that's the reality and, of it. And it is, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I have like the the pack that I was carrying, mm -hmm. like it's a weight that I'm not like I'm I'm, I'm used to that man. Exactly. Like that, that's not yep. like, for me. It's like that's not a heavy exactly. weight. Um, you know, so the gear list was 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 a basic you know basic gear list. So mm -hmm. you know, fixed blades, Swiss Army knife, compass, yep. um, mylar blanket, yep. poncho. I had a, I had a bedroll. I or my uh, I didn't have a bedroll, but I had a wool blanket, Faro, Bic. Yeah, um, I had my boogie on, of course, because I don't leave home without it. That's right. Uh, That's right. Don't ever leave home without yeah, your boogie. Some extra, some you know, I had some snacks. I had yeah. my um, nesting cup and bottle um, yep. for water. Um, it's like basic, you know, gearless, yep. and it was like and it was maybe fifteen pounds, seventeen yep. pounds. And yep. I have a heavy ass poncho too. Yeah, and of course, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of people. There's always people who will bring extra stuff to a course because they think they're going to need it. Um, I tell people, just bring the equipment list, bring some extra food, mm -hmm. and then bring whatever medications you take on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. um, but, and, you know, if you're just going out on a day hike somewhere with your, you know, woman or, you know, your kids or whatever, mm -hmm. and you just, you don't even plan on staying out there, you just want to go see some views. A lot of people aren't going to be carrying a lot of stuff. Yeah. You're not going to carry a giant backpack full of a bunch of crap that it fills the entire bag sure. full of survival stuff. Yep. That's, yep. Not, that's not how that works. Yeah. You're gonna be carrying a small kit, but you, what you, you need to know how to use each item in that right. kit to the best of its ability. Yeah. Um, but that's a big thing I see is like, oh, I'm going on a hike, you know, and these people carrying these giant bags full of stuff mm -hmm. for their survival situation, mm -hmm. when in reality, it's just more weight added to them. Right. Well, so. you know, more weight, more prone to injury. And, exactly. And, and yeah. more issues with that. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I, I initially bought a, um, like, I bought just, like, a military-style poncho, mm -hmm. like, this recommended for the course. And so I had this uh, HSGI, uh, not HSGI. Um, USGI. Yeah, USGI uh, Flecturn yep. poncho. And I was yep. like, okay, like, cool, like, I got that. And then, you know, you keep looking at gear. Yeah. And then I'm like, man... That's a, that's a sweet old cloth Dude, poncho, it's man. It's so nice. It's, I'm you, man, this stuff's addicting. The it's, gear's addicting. No, I know too. it is. So I just kept looking. I'm like, man. So because I actually I bought their um, their eight by eight oil skin. Yeah. So like I, I have like that. Like I have their their tarp. Yep. And I was like, man, this is nice. And I was yep. like, you know, I'm just gonna get the poncho. So. Yeah. So now I have I have my the Flectarn poncho I yep. bought. I keep that in my car now. Yep. So like just another like I keep like a. a bit of emergency stuff in my car, yep. but just like have that other layer yep. of, of exactly. So um, looking into 2024, mm -hmm. um, what's going on with Buckeye? So I've got a um, 
couple events I'm doing. I've got an event in February called, uh, I think it's the Midwest Woodcraft Winter Camp. So, so events that you're that you're traveling to? Yes, yes, okay. yeah. There'll be events that I'm traveling to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to set up a you know a vendor booth, um, sell what little bit of gear that I do sell, um, and then basically I I enjoy teaching more. Mm. So that's what I try to go on more is just you know teaching at events. Yep. Um, so I'll be there. I think Paul and Tony will be there as well. Awesome. Um, that's in that's in February in Illinois. February. Yep. And then in March. We have the um, Bushcraft Preparedness, and pre or Prepping Bushcraft and Preparedness Expo. And, that's a mouthful. Um, yeah, and I think it's in Hinman, Kentucky, or mm -hmm. Hindman. Um, so that's Eastern Kentucky. That's gonna be a huge event. And I'm teaching quite a few classes. I'm teaching how to build a survival kit, um, intro to land nav, uh, intro to land nav two, which would be in the field. Um, food procurement tools that you can uh, carry with you, and then something else. I can't remember what it was, though. I've got five classes. Mm. I'm missing one, but I don't remember. Paw mapping is what it is, which is another thing with what? Uh, paw mapping. Paw mapping? P-A-U-L mapping. Paw. It's a Green okay. Beret style navigation. Okay. But I'll be teaching that along with the rest of the land. So I'm teaching a lot of land nav. Um, but the palm mapping is my favorite thing to teach in land nav because it's m probably most applicable to people, and it's something you can you can map out your entire property. So I'm assuming Paul is an acronym for something. Yeah, positive um, positive azimuth uniform layout. Got it. Yeah, Paul. Okay, yep. maybe that's why Paul is so good at nav. It might be. It might be. Maybe that's why. Yeah, it might be. Um, so tell me uh, or tell everyone that is uh, still watching or listening, where can they find you on? On this, on, yeah. on, in the interwebs. So you can find me on Instagram at Buckeye underscore Bushcraft. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, just underneath my name, Jake Trent. Um, I think Instagram is my biggest platform, so I post there the most. Um, I think I've got, what, 32,000, 33,000 followers something on this? Like that, or something like that, yeah. So I, I post more on Instagram than anything else. On YouTube, it's also Buckeye Bushcraft. I try to post as many videos as I can. Truth be told, I absolutely hate filming, um, actually doing it. I love editing though. I don't know what it is, I love to edit, weird. but I hate to film, man. I hate editing. I hate filming. Um, I, I can sit there and edit, all. Can, probably because I'm really fast at it. Um, but I'll just normally go out and I'll crank out. Okay, there we go. No, we have, we have five minutes, so we're just, gonna, we're just gonna wrap it up. Oh, okay, okay, cool. cool. So um, you, you love editing and you can, you're really fast at it. Yeah, yeah. So. I like editing better than I do filming. Um, so I do post on YouTube though. I try to stay somewhat consistent with it, but between teaching schedule and all that good stuff, sometimes it gets a little hectic and I just don't have time for it. Sure. Past two weeks, I haven't had time for it because I did an event last week, have this class this week. Yep. So this coming week is when I'll be posting more videos. And I assume you have a website? Yes, BuckeyeBushcraft.com. You can go there, you check out the training. You can check out, I've got some equipment on there. Um, I've got more that's on the way. Uh, but training is really the biggest one. I'm posting my 2024 schedule end of next week, so that'll be on there. It's a very basic website, so it's all, it's pretty Minus much two, man. it's basic pretty much it pictures, the add to cart button, and the description of the class That's and what mine. you need to bring. So yeah. and contact info. Perfect. So, that is pretty much what it is. Um, but yeah, that's what's where people can reach me and find me. So. And is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to? No, I think. I think we pretty much 
Covered everything, yeah. Awesome. I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, this was well, fun. Thank you for sitting down yeah. and um, thanks, sharing thanks, some of yeah, your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, and thank you for listening and watching, listening and or watching or watching and not listening, whatever, <laughs> however you choose to uh, subscribe to this, uh, how to yeah. ingest and digest this. So, um, again, Jake Trent from Buckeye Bushcraft. If you guys have any questions, as usual, send me a DM, send me an email. Yep. I'm assuming the same will go for Jake. Yep, always. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks, guys.